sing. Each one of us a sinner condemned by our own sin, but made free through the blood of Jesus Christ, thy Son. And so, Lord, in this wonderful experience, we come today to praise your name for what you have done for us and through us, and, Lord, what you will do for us and through us in the days to come. If we entrust our lives into your hands, may this service be one of commitment and dedication of life to all of your wonderful work in this world today. Be with us now and bless us in these moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good to see all of you here this morning, and particularly do we want to take time to welcome those who visit with us here on this Lord's Day. Our men at the front have some visitor's cards, and I'm going to ask them to stand now, if they will, as they come up the aisle. If you're a visitor, would you raise your hand up nice and high so they can see it? And as I see your hand, I can extend to you a personal welcome on behalf of our church, our pastor, and myself, and we trust that this is going to be a blessing for you today as you worship with us. Take the little card that they give you, if you will, Fill it out and drop it in the offering plate just a little later in the service. This way we will have a, a record of your visit and we can also let you know of our pleasure at your coming. Brother Mac McCarley, our Sunday School Director, has our Sunday School Report. A good one. Thank you, Brother Norman. We do indeed have a good one. Rejoice as you come and visit and share in the study of God's Word with us. Delighted to have three visitors this morning, three new members and 28 visitors sharing in that hour of Bible study together with us this morning. We hope that the 28 of you who visit with us will come and visit with us again next Sunday, or if you live in our community, we invite you to come and become a regular part of our Bible study program. We're always delighted as our members stand tall in service for Christ. I'm sure that if you have noted your commission in the last few days, all of you are aware that the director of our college and career department, Brother John Stoffel, has completed a tour of seven years with our Southern Baptist Sunday School Board. Brother John, we say a word of grateful appreciation for what you have meant in the Sunday School Board and the Southern Baptist life and in our church as you continue to lead and guide us here. God's Word is without question the roadmap for our lives. I think all of us can well take an example from what the young folks of one of our departments are doing. And right now I'd like to just ask all of the faculty and members of our grade six department to stand up. I know they're scattered throughout our sanctuary, but would every one of you just stand up right now? Brother Dillon's up in the balcony this morning working on some music recording there, but as you look at these folks, remember that God's Word directs their lives. I've been real proud of what they've been doing, for they've been reading God's Word on a systematic basis. I don't know whether you've stopped to count or not, but there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible, in God's Word. The boys in this department have read 2,530 chapters between them. The girls, 1,602 chapters between them since the 1st of January. Wonder how many of us could challenge them. Paul Stevens has read 516 of those chapters during this time. I thank you, young folks and teachers, for what you're doing in leading us in studying God's Word. Thank you. And thank you, grade six. I trust that following a week of Midwinter Bible Conference and the experience these boys and girls have had, that it will help each one of us to see the importance of daily study of God's Word. 
just two or three announcements we'd share with you this morning on this coming Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Our Baptist women are conducting their mission study and covered dish luncheon here at the church, and we invite all of you to be a part of it. Our deacons are planning a retreat for April the 5th and 6th, and if you are a deacon, an ordained deacon, whether you're active or inactive this year, uh, you are invited. And we have uh, rented the entire new lodge up at uh, Cumberland Falls, uh, not Cumberland Falls, Fall Creek Falls, I know it's one of the falls, Fall Creek Falls, and uh, looking forward to a great time on the 5th and 6th. And if you have not already made your reservations, men, let me encourage you to do so uh, this week, if at all possible. But uh, I believe Brother Joe said that he would accept uh, reservations up until March the 3rd, uh, which will be next Sunday and uh, perhaps an extension after that. But he has to get them into the lodge as soon as possible. And also let me close with this thought. Home Missions Week is coming up in March, and we want to be remembering our Home Mission Week of Prayer, the ladies who are conducting this, our home missionaries active around the world, and our part in the Home Mission Annie Armstrong offering this year, which is $5,324. What are you going to do for home missions this year? The Lord will bless it, whatever it is. Pray for Home Missions Week. Let us stand together as we begin our morning worship. Our Heavenly Father, there is gratitude in our hearts for the blessings that you have given us. We acknowledge the fact that this is a day that you have given us, another day to add to the countless days that thou hast seen since thy hand created this planet. And our Father, we acknowledge that it is by thy power that creation happened, and by thy power, thy creation is sustained. And so we acknowledge that this, in truth, in fact, is a day that you have given to us. We pray, Father, that by the power and the strength of your Holy Spirit, that, that we might be good stewards of this day, that the minutes and the hours of it would bring glory to your name. We rejoice in health that enables us to be present in this place. We pray, Heavenly Father, for that countless multitude. Indeed, there are thousands who even in this moment of prayer are shut in or in the hospital or sick. Older friends who don't get out anymore Yet, Father, in this great circle of prayer, pray with us to you. We pray for them. We pray, O oh Lord, now that this, this hour 
would meet the need of every one of us. May your word be plain and clear, and we'll bring you the glory for whatever good happens in our lives today. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Today comes as a day of climax to a great many weeks and months of intensive work and planning and preparation. On this last Lord's Day in the month of February, annually our day of commitment, when we who are brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of this blessed fellowship go on record as to our commitment with each other as to that which we will do for the glory of Jesus if he tarries in the financial year that is before us. Many, many, many weeks and months go into today in the planning, in program planning, in preparation, in the preparation of the budget, in its uh, presentation to you, its publication, in the prayer that all of us share together in, in the matter of the commitment of our lives to serve the Lord Jesus. And so today is an important day. And so very much in the kingdom of God, in the physical aspects of the kingdom, depend on us and what we do today. Brother Clifton Ward has served this year as the chairman of our budget planning and promotion committee. And I want him to come at this time and to present to us the one who will share in the tithing testimony and then to lead us in our service of dedication of the commitment cards that we have brought to the Lord's house. We who are of the leadership on last Sunday and all the rest of us of today. Brother Clifton, this portion of the service is yours. Thank you, Pastor. You know, over the last three Sundays, we have had the different people giving their tithing testimonies. And I know that you must have been thrilled because those of you who are now tithing know of the struggle that you have. And I know that you've been thrilled in hearing what they had to say to know that other people have the same problem. But they overcame these. And this morning now, it's our privilege of having Eamon Swanger, who is a deacon in our church, chairman of our personnel committee. And Eamon has had many, many successes in life. But I'm sure the best thing that I could say about Eamon, that he's a fine Christian individual, and he lives it every day. So at this time, I'd like to ask Eamon to come and give his tithing testimony. Thank you, Clifton. My tithing testimony is somewhat different from what you've heard the past few Sundays because you've heard others say that they started tithing later in life and what a blessing it's meant to them. Well, I started tithing so early that it's hard for me to remember when I did not tithe. I do remember that at the age of 10 I was saved in a Baptist church and that through my Christian teaching, my teachers, and through my Christian parents, they taught me to tithe even at that age. I do know that I made monies in the summertime and on Saturdays and after school and that I tithe those monies every week. 
because I was taught that that was the thing to do. So you might say that one reason I tie today is because of the habit that I've formed over the years. But I also tithe for other reasons. I tithe because the Bible says it's the thing to do. When my wife and I were very seriously considering marriage, this is one of the foundations that we were going to base our marriage on. Both of us were already Christian, and we decided that we would serve the Lord together and that we would tithe regardless of the problems of making our income reach our needs at that time. And we did. And the Lord has blessed us ever since. But I tithe also for other reasons today. I tithe out of gratitude to the Lord for what he's done for me personally and for my family. In addition to saving us from our sins, the Lord has been so good to me that I consider tithing one of the least of things that I can do for him. The Lord has given me a wonderful wife and four wonderful, normal, healthy sons and the ability to make a living and provide for them. And I don't know what else I could ask, what any Christian could ask of his Lord than what the Lord has done for me. So even though I tithe, sometimes I'm ashamed of the small amount of things that I do for him who's done so much for me. I tithe also today because of the feeling, of the happiness, and the joy that I get from giving to the Lord and to his work. I can't speak from a woman's standpoint, but I can from that of a man. And the great All you men know the, the great sense of pleasure you get when you're able to give to those you love. It's hard to describe, but it's real. And Jesus Christ can give that pleasure to all of us who are willing to accept him to step out on faith and to become tithers. He says in Malachi that if we will bring the tithes into the storehouse, that he will pour a blessing out on each of us that we're not able to contain. And I believe that. I believe that the Lord has, has blessed me richly. And when I'd like to challenge all of you who are not tithers that if you will accept Christ, accept his teachings, because as Christians you have the duty and the obligation to also accept his teachings. And he teaches we should tithe. And if you will accept that challenge, that God will pour out a blessing on you that you will not be able to contain. So if you're not a tither, I challenge you today to become a tither. You'll find that Christ will help you to live on nine-tenths of your income better than you're able to do on ten-tenths. I don't think you'll ever regret if you become a tither. Thank you, Brother Amon. Isn't it wonderful to hear of the training that Amon got when he was young and of the training that we know is going on in our church today of training some of our young children to tithe. Now they can do just the same possibly all of their lives that Amos just, uh, Amon just testified to. And some of those this morning are going to be carrying the envelopes representing their departments up front and we're going to ask that all, I'd like to ask first everybody to stand right now. Then I'd like to ask all those who are representing departments and have envelopes, we'd like to ask you to just file forward, bring them up, and lay them here on the corners of the table here in front of us. And then I want you to remain on the platform.
for our prayer of dedication for this. So if you will, let's start with our nursery and let those out first because in the younger groups we're going to have some of the younger children bringing those ties forward, or those envelopes, rather. Right on. Come on now, everybody else follow, would you, please? Just, that's fine, fine, right there. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. But you know, in the work that the Southern Baptist is trying to do, sometimes the lack of it can be an evil. And we're so thankful this morning for these who are bringing these envelopes forward, representing those in their departments or classes that have filled out cards uh, making pledges for this coming year. I believe we had uh, one coming from the balcony here, and two. I believe this is about all. If you would now, if you'd join me in a word of prayer, thanking the Lord, and I wish each of you would do this and to examine your own hearts as we do. Thank the Lord for what he has given us and just to see, examine ourselves and see if we are doing for him what we could and what we ought to be doing. Let us pray. <clears throat> We're grateful to thee, our Father, for these who come bearing these envelopes this morning, representing the pledges that, are, that have been made in the Sunday School Department. Thankful, our Heavenly Father, for the influence it would have on their lives, and that we can be a part of this great army that support the work of the Southern Baptists, who in turn support the work of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the world. Thankful, our Heavenly Father, for each one of these, the smaller ones that, that know not maybe exactly what we are doing this morning. But we're thankful for them and for the influence that this can have on their lives. For the young people, our Heavenly Father, who are about to enter into uh, the work world and possibly earn livings for themselves, we would have them know this morning, our Heavenly Father, that the best thing that they could do and one of course is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ if they know him not the next best thing that they can do is be probably be the tithe to support his work and we're thankful for these adults who are represented today for they have been a guide and a direction for our lives here in the church so we're so grateful our Heavenly Father for each of these groups thankful for their faithfulness and we're thankful, our Heavenly Father, for the many wonderful things that will be done with the pledges and the, and the giving of our monies that will be done this year. Our Heavenly Father, we know that as our money is used here in the church and is administered by our finance committee and our deacons and into the church, and so many wonderful programs are carried on here that we're just so grateful to you uh, for these. And we're grateful, our Heavenly Father, for the great organization, this great vehicle we have known as the Cooperative Program, that we as an autonomous Baptist church can give into this program and know that the funds are spent. And we're grateful for the money that this church is able to give, our Heavenly Father. It's, it, it's just beyond us to express in words our appreciation for what has been done and what can be done. 
because this money our Heavenly Father here in our state goes toward the support of our schools and our hospitals. It goes to our home mission board, our Heavenly Father, and we're here with the fine and wonderful work they are doing. New churches all over this territorial United States. And we're thankful, our Heavenly Father, also for that that goes to the foreign mission board and for the great work that we do there. We know, our Father, that many, many people are hearing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his word is being taught and preached in areas now that once we never thought it could be done. But it's all because, our Heavenly Father, of our great program that we have, known as our cooperative program, and then we're thankful that we can have our rightful place in this. Grateful, our Heavenly Father, for thy love and everything that we do. You've guided us and directed us through this past year in our financial program of the church. We ask for the same this next year. And as we dedicate these pledges to thee, and if there are those here this morning, our Heavenly Father, who have not made a pledge, and if they have not made a pledge to time, may they think, and may thy Holy Spirit work in their heart, teaching them that the Lord does not necessarily need our money, but we need, we need to give to him for the strength that we can have. But as we bring these pledges this morning, we pray our Heavenly Father that they'd be used to their fullest and best extent, because it's in Christ's name we pray, and it's for that purpose that we bring this money this morning. We ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Mary through the gloom, come with a gift to 
number 378, Zion Stands with Hills Surrounded, Zion Kept by Power Divine, 378. <laughs> Join the choir when we come to the hymn, The Church's One Foundation. We now present a very beautiful setting of the scriptures found in Matthew. Upon this rock, I will build my church.
hymn of offering this morning is hymn number 403, All Things Are Thine. And as we stand to sing, our brethren will prepare to receive our morning tithes and offerings. Let's stand. <clears throat> Confessing all 
not a Lord's Day that goes by that I do not have new cause to thank God for the marvelous ministry in the kingdom of God of these who are trained in the areas of music, for Harry and for Evelyn, for the choir, for our various soloists, for these instrumentalists, for these who are a constant blessing to us as they are an honor to the Lord Jesus and the talents that God has given them. And in a very real way, that which we have experienced in music already in this hour comes as a glorious testimony to the stewardship of talent. For we consider the matter of lives and stewardship and what life is all about and the privileges that God has given us. The text for the message this morning is in the 19th chapter of the book of Exodus. That magnificent chapter that tells of God's establishment of a relationship between that group of himself and that group of people known as his chosen people. In the 19th chapter of Exodus and in the first eight verses, these are the words. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim 
and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came, and he called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Exodus, the 19th chapter, the first eight verses. Our Lutheran friends have a prayer in one of their rituals of worship that goes like this. O Lord, stir up, we beseech thee, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of thee be plenteously rewarded. A right necessary prayer. For the very prayer, stir up, O Lord, is a recognition that even among the most faithful of followers can come that time of coldness, the time of drifting away. And as our black friends would put it, if you are not now as close to the Lord as ever once you were, 
you're a backslider. We need to stir up within us the spiritual desires for that close fellowship with the Master that produces in our lives that which makes us to become trophies of grace. A laxness can come, for Satan is very much alive and very much at work, and Satan desires nothing more than for those of us who call ourselves by the name of Christ, Christians, that we should become cold or indifferent or lax in the spiritual opportunities and the spiritual privileges that God has given to every one of us. In these first eight verses in the 19th chapter of Exodus, God has made some marvelous promises to his people. And unless we attempt to make this only a matter of some historic interest and not pertinent to our own day, let us remember that in Christ Jesus, you and I who are Christians are spiritual Israel. For he has made us to be a part of that chosen tribe in his Son. And so the covenant relationship, and so the promises made, and so the privilege granted unto this chosen people has an application for us. And if we would know the full enjoyment of the Christian life, and that's what it ought to be, a thing of joy, a thing of pleasure, a thing of happiness, a thing of victory, a thing of accomplishment. This Christian life that is ours, it can be all these things when we are willing to listen to what God has said and are willing to walk in the path that he marks out for us. God made a promise to his people and it was God's love in action that we here see. The scripture passage is in that larger context of the movement of the children of Israel out of the slavery of Egypt, ultimately to the promised land. The immediate experience is one that took place 50 days after God had led the children of Israel out of that slavery in Egypt. They departed Egypt as slaves under the mighty hand of God. God who pulled them together, God who parted the waters of the Red Sea, God who delivered them safely to the other side while taking away the threat of destruction as he himself destroyed the oncoming Egyptian army. It was by the mighty hand of God that the children of Israel are even now encamped at the foot of Mount Sinai. God did not give them directions for the shortest route. Sometimes as I think about this experience of the children of Israel, I stand rather amazed 
at the truth of his selection of that group of people and not centuries later to a group of Americans. For if he had waited until a couple of hundred years ago and in within this time span to do what he is doing for them, then I'm sure we would have been so very impatient with him that, uh, well, no telling what would have happened. Because ours is the tenacity, is the impatience of cutting across the lawn. We, we, we don't want to use the sidewalks. We cut across the grass in order to get to any spot a little more quickly than the sidewalks or the streets might put it. We're an impatient people wanting the shortest route and the quickest way to do anything. Now the way from that point of crossing of the Red Sea to that plain at the foot of Mount Sinai, if you study your maps, you'll find that the journey that the children of Israel took was not the shortest route. God was not quite ready for for that spiritual experience he was going to give them at the foot of the mount. When they came out immediately of their slavery and had crossed through the Red Sea, they were not quite ready for the covenant relationship, not quite ready for the commandments to be given. It was necessary that there be a time of schooling, that some discipline of the desert be into their makeup so that they would be receptive to what God would say to them through the prophet whom he had chosen for himself, the giant Moses. At Mount Sinai, God then would reveal his will for them. There is a fascinating legend, only a legend, nothing of scripture, uh, but it's an interesting story that when it somehow was known across creation that God was going to speak to his chosen people from a mountain, that the various mountains of the area appeared before the presence of the Lord, and each one said, Master, choose me. Mount Hermon is said, I'm snow-capped. I stand more lofty than all the others. Choose me. Let me be the mount from which you deliver your mighty commandments to the people. It is said that Mount Lebanon spoke loudly in the presence of the Lord and said, look at the cedars that you have planted here upon my crest. Oh, master, creator of the universe, choose me. Let me become the one, the mountain, from which you will thunder forth your law. It said that Mount Carmel jutting out into the blue, beautiful blue waters of the Mediterranean that Mount Carmel said amidst the beauty of the flowers, O oh, master, creator of the universe, choose me. But God said no. Out of the midst of the desert wanderings, out of the midst of the terrible barrenness of this area, I will choose Mount Sinai. And the people camped at the base. God called Moses to come up into the mountains where there he could speak with him. He gave him explicit instruction as to what he would go back and to tell the children, the selected people, these special chosen people of God. I want you to see in this that God himself took the initiative. 
I do not find that these children of Israel, led by even as noble a man as Moses, circulated any petitions to present before the presence of God, that God would spell out for them that which would please him. The initiative was not taken by these people who had been so lately freed from their slavery. The initiative was not taken by these people who had been fed by God and led by God and blessed by God. No, the initiative was taken by God himself. How like us. What a parallel picture of our lives. For seldom, if ever, do you or I take the initiative to really be in good relationship with God. Seldom, if ever, is our heart broken until God speaks. Seldom, if ever, do we spend long hours in prayer beseeching the will of God for our lives, for our home, for our businesses. Seldom do we take the initiative. But God does. God took the initiative here, and God takes the initiative in our lives, and God takes the initiative within our church family. His agreements with his selected people would be agreements that would be fair and just and kind and good and loving. No hardship would be involved because it is the God who loves that's speaking to them, the God who loves them and has now chosen them to be something in his hand as an instrument to his own glory and to their good. You see, it is the God of love that takes the initiative. There's Moses on the mountain, and God talks to him. He says, when, I, when you go back, Moses, here's what I want you to say. Now, you have seen all that I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Moses, go back and remind the children of Israel. Remind them what has happened to them just immediate past, just 50 days ago. How quickly those Jewish people forgot God's blessing, God's hand of love, God's guidance and direction, God's protective mercies for them. How quickly they forgot. How quickly we forget. We pray for God's blessings in some matter, and God's hand intervenes in our lives and in our home and our business experiences at school. God intervenes and God blesses. We get busy. And hour by hour and day by day and the weeks fly by and we forget the goodness of God. God said to Moses, they're never going to be what I want them to be. They're never going to do what I want them to do because they're such a forgetful people. Remind them. Remind them of how much I love them. Remind them of how I delivered them from the Egyptians and what I did to the Egyptians. Remind them. Remind them how even that like the eagle soaring in the mountain heights, how like the eagle, 
how I have borne them up on my very wings and have brought them safely along. And so God is always reminding us of his kindness and his love and his goodness, the gracious deeds done for us. We need to be reminded again and again. We have to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. That's the reason why in the beauty of the baptismal service, God has presented for us a picture of his marvelous grace and of the price he paid in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of his own son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's the reason that God has given us the table. And about the Lord's table we gather from season to season. There as we share in the elements of the table the broken bread and of the spilled cup. For we are there to remember. Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. Because we are so apt to forget. Even the tallest of us, even the best of us, even the finest of us as Christians, how easy it is to slip over and to claim for ourselves as the work of our own hands that which God has done for us, that which God has made possible. Sometimes we like to look around at what our own mental acumen has been able to bring about, our own intelligence, our own skill, in our work, in our vocation, in our trade, or in our profession. And we look at the houses we're able to buy, and we look at the cars we're able to drive, and we look at the color television sets that we're able to see, and we look at all of the things that we're able to do, and we say, boy, you're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Look what you've been able to do. And especially when you go back and remember where some of the folks were in the same graduating class from high school. You see, you puff your chest up just a little bit and say, boy, look what I've done. Forgetting that it is God who gives us the air that we breathe. God who gives us by his goodwill and good pleasure the very beat of our hearts. That it's God who has given us another day in which to live. God who has given us the help of body and of a mind to think. We need to stop and to remember some things. For as we remember the right things, then it is that God is able to do something in our lives. Oh, he said, tell the people, Moses, Tell the people, remind them how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. What's the best spot to be in in all the world? It's to be where Jesus is. To be conscious of the presence of Jesus. To be aware of the living reality of the Savior. That's the best place to be. And God said, Moses, remind the people that as the eagle trains the little ones and takes care of them, so I have borne you upon the wings of my love and mercy and forgiveness. I have borne you unto myself. What's God done for you? If you'll take the injunction of the word of God 
and remember. What do you have to be thankful for today? What do you have to rejoice in today? Are your sins forgiven? Then this is a reason to shout. Do you know that the blood of Jesus Christ has washed all your sins away and they're gone from you as far as the east is from the west? that they're sunk in the very bottom of the sea. This is a cause to rejoice and to thank God. But day by day we go our way and we forget the goodness of God and the very gift of salvation that is ours. Are you clean in the presence of God? Is new life yours? Is there a peace in your heart? Because Jesus dwells there. Is there a purpose for your living? Then stop and remember the good things that God has made possible for your life. Now God said, remind them of these things. And then Moses, here's a proposal I want to make to the children of Israel. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and will keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all of the earth is mine. Here is God's proposal. God said, I have delivered you. And on the basis of that deliverance, I now want to take you into that second step of the privilege of walking with me in a close fellowship and of serving me. And this comes out of a covenant relationship. And to those of us right here, 1974, on this Lord's Day, God says, remember, remember what I've done for you, how I brought you out of the slavery of sin. Remember how that by the blood of my son, I've washed all your sins away. And now in the light of that, if you will enter with me into that special kind of a relationship, we will have good times together. That you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me. What God was really doing was give them a blank check, as it were, a peculiar treasure. That word peculiar here in the Hebrew is just like that word peculiar that Peter used over there in his first letter for the same, same language is used. And here is the picture. It's the picture of a dot with a circle around it. That is the word peculiar, not strange or oddball or something like that. But peculiar in the sense of set apart sanctified, a dot with a circle around it. God was saying to them, you're my people. I have chosen you. I have done great things for you. Together we can do great things in this kingdom that I set up. Listen to me, he says, if you will do the things I want you to do, then you as the dot in the center, I put my protection, my love, my care about you. You'll be a peculiar people unto me. Today, again, this matter is relevant. He says, all of the earth is mine. Back to this matter of tithing. Back to the matter of your own stewardship and how I pray to God for the blessing that will come to you that you have prayed through this matter of becoming a tither. Setting apart that first tenth, the, the cream, the top, the first fruit of that which God has given you. You see, everything is God's. You are God's. Everything you have is God's. In a moment, he can take it from you. But by his mercy, he lets you have what you have and lets you be what you are. And God says, now listen, 
in order to enter into an understanding and a right relationship. Let's have some things understood. And God has marked out the way for us. It's not because God needs your tenth in order to keep the world going. But God knows that you're not going to have the happiness or the victory or the joy or the accomplishment as a Christian if you do not act right toward him in the matter of your financial stewardship. You see, you can't be a thief in the sight of God and be right in the sight of God. God says, if you're not willing to at least share with me that which I have given unto you, you're a robber and you're a thief. It's God's word, God's word. Oh, how we need to pray in this matter of the total stewardship of life, and it's still relevant. And here's the people's response to it. Moses came back down, and Moses spoke, and Moses shared all the words that the Lord had said and had commanded him. And the eighth verse says, And all the people answered together, and they said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do it. We could set Chattanooga on fire. If all of the people, 2,200, who claim membership in Brainerd Baptist Church on this Lord's Day, if all the people would listen to what the Lord has said and would say with a dedicated heart, we will do it. With all our hearts, we'll do it. Oh, to give our children to the preaching and the singing and the teaching of the gospel. Oh, to give our times to the matter of witness. Oh, to give our minds to the study of his word. Oh, to give our lives as a sweet benediction and an influence. Oh, to give of our pocketbooks that the work might go on all over the world. If all of the people would respond here in the light of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as the children of Israel responded, oh, what a difference. Oh, how many lives would be blessed. Yours the first, for you would be in the will of God for you. I ask you today, I ask you right now to listen to the voice of God, not from Sinai, but from Calvary, the voice of Jesus, of Jesus, who with arms outstretched, nailed to that cross, was telling us of his love, who was saying to us, love me, follow me. I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want your life to be full. Do what I ask. Follow in my footsteps. Follow me. The voice of Jesus is still heard in the land. And he calls for faithfulness, for surrender, for trust. Would you bow your head? Are you one in the room who has never trusted Jesus? You have not yet opened your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior. God came. Jesus died that all your sins might be forgiven. And if in this sweet, holy moment you'll open your heart and ask God to forgive you of your sins, and invite Jesus to come in. You'll be born again. You'll be saved. You'll be redeemed. 
Your name will be written on the Lamb's book of life. Here, now, let Jesus do for you what only he can do. And if you accept him as Lord and Savior, be ready in just a few moments to respond with a voice that says, I'm now his. I've trusted him as Savior and Lord. I want to live for him to be his child, to enter into that special relationship. Are you a Christian? You live in our city. Ask him today, Lord, is there a word from you for me, for my life? for my church membership, for my service. Ask the Lord's leadership. And if the Lord is speaking and says, here, now, this family of God, this people, then be ready to respond. And Christian friend, member of Brainerd Baptist Church, in the matter of the dedication of your life, your talents, your energies, your money. Will you listen to God and remember his goodness to you? And will you say, as the children of Israel said of old, all the Lord has said we will do. All to Jesus. I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. Hymn number 163, I Surrender All. We stand and sing, will you come to the honor of God? May we stand.
Our Father, grant us thy presence as we turn to go from this place that is holy. O Lord, let us not be a forgetful people, but a people who remember, remembering your love and your care. And let us so live, Father, that there would be no mistake by those who deal with us or see us or live with us, but that we belong to you in all we say and in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. 